hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of We Watch Shudder, or welcome for the first time to a new episode of We Watch Shudder. My name is JD. Who is here with me? It's Michelle. It's Michelle, guys. We're here today with our uh, our monthly sort of... We started out calling this We Watch Stuff because we were going to just talk about other movies that we watched outside of Shudder. And then it kind of just snowballed into just like talking about all sorts of horror and horror adjacent things and movies and books and video games and cool. Anyway, it's just a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I don't know if you guys have listened. Michelle's just like, man, is he ever going to stop talking? I just want to get this all out of the way. Cause, We're less uh, than a minute in. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and, but... Uh, uh, if you've noticed on a lot of these, and it's something we've talked about before, uh, my co-host and dear friend Michelle, uh, is a voracious consumer, uh, of all things horror media, whether it be movies or books or video games or whatever. She watched like 150 movies in October. Uh, Hell Michelle yeah, always, uh, watches way, like today I was talking to her and I was like, you got much to talk about? And she's like, nah, not a lot. Like seven, maybe nine movies. <laughs> That's her idea. Of n- anyway. Long story short, guys, uh, I, uh, as much as I would like to, don't get to digest as much content as as, I, as Michelle does, and I also started a new blog series, if you're not aware of it, it's called JD Watches Tubi, you can find it in the ghoul blog section at wewatchshutter.com. Michelle, did you know Tubi has, like, more than 50 original horror and horror-adjacent releases available for free right now? Whoa, how many I know, did you right? Say? Oh, 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 roughly 50, 50 at least that wow. I've found so far. Maybe more than 50. It's pretty great. Wow, uh, but we've done several weeks on there. Ultimately, what I'm getting at is uh, most of what I have watched this month that I haven't talked about on the show, I've already talked about on that blog. So, all of that to say, welcome to the very first new and improved. How is it both? Because I say so. This is the evolution. This is the Pokemon evolution. We're going up from, from I don't know if it's called stage one to stage two or, or what it's called. Oh. But oh, no. uh, uh, what? What is it oh, called, no. Michelle? Just, uh, well, What's it called? Evolutions. But then okay. I started getting in my head about the different Pokemon. My favorite oh. is definitely Meganium. So Squirtle. We're definitely going to Meganium. I just well, like to say, you'd be, uh, you'd be a Blastoise because you'd be yeah. the level. Well, no, three you evolution. would be a Blastoise because, ladies wow. and gentlemen, starting right here, right now, uh, we, we are upgrading, we are evolving, we watch stuff, new monthly series that I have dubbed Michelle in Review. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Michelle in Review. I will occasionally have things to talk about, but we are going to make this a monthly platform. Uh, for Michelle to just kind of go off for a while on, because again, I think if if it was like 2003 and we were still in that era of people trying to have just the most clever, cool like internet screen name ever, your screen name should have been like Horrorvore, you know, like Carnivore or Herbivore, Ooh. but Horrorvore. Like that's, just, that's just really cons- uh, you, you, you know what? You might actually still be able to pull that one off in 2023. Michelle Horvor Roller. I did uh, come up with a really good screen name the other day. I didn't have any reason to have a screen name. It just popped into my head when I was standing in the kitchen. But a shell of my former self, because my name. Oh, look at you! I need to go get some MSN Messenger. I need to set a status. 
That's beautiful. Find something. That's that wonderful. So yeah. that's what we're doing, guys. Welcome to the very first edition of Michelle in Review. If we think of a better name, we'll probably use that name. But for right now, it's Michelle in Review. And with that in mind, uh, Michelle, where should we start? Do we just should we start with the films? Is that the right place to start? Do you think it's your Michelle in Review? Yeah, yeah. Let's start with the recent horror category. Okay. I doubt that you have seen these. Um, first one, I think this is the big one, and I know you have heard about it because I told you about it, and I know other people have talked to you about it. Society of the Snow. It is the film about, oh my God, I should have looked up what country and what sports ball team these people play on. I watched it at the beginning of the month, and my mind is blank. They crashed in the... Andes? God, I, I should have recapped this. <laughs> it's been a month since I watched it. But essentially, that movie called Alive from 1993-ish, somewhere around there, it is the telling of that story, which was also the telling of a true story. So technically, this movie is a telling of the original true story. It's not a telling of the movie based on the true story. Why would I think that? That's a dumb way to say it. But Society of the Snow, um, a bunch of people who were friends were in a plane, and then the plane crashed, and they had to eat their dead friends to stay alive. It is harrowing. Um, there is, a, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. The plane crashes. Uh, it happens pretty quickly because that's the majority of the story is them surviving. Um, and the plane crash scene, I was so caught off guard because I was not expecting it that I immediately paused and went back and watched it again. And then later on, I went back and watched it a third time. It blew my mind because I have never been in a plane crash, but I feel like until I saw this scene, um, now I'm awakened that all other plane crash scenes are wrong. This is how plane crashes have to be portrayed going forward. It is the one that I went, oh shit, I've never thought of that thing happening during impact and this going that way. And I'm pretty sure there's no music. It is. It feels like it happens in real time of this would happen, then this would happen, then this would happen. And it shocked me. And then the movie continues being shocking and upsetting and so sad um, about these people who are just stuck in the mountains eating their friends for survival. Um, the the makeup effects are great. So shout out to those people. Uh, the acting is, of course, very great. Um, it, it's, oh man, you have to check it out if you have not seen it yet. It's Society of the Snow on Netflix. Yeah, uh, you're not the only one who was uh, saying a lot of good things about it. Uh, our good friend, of course, uh, DC Kevin, uh, was telling me that it was one that he saw. Uh, and uh, I don't remember if he was overwhelmingly positive or was just kind of there are things about it that I like. But long and short is uh, I need as much as, oh, man, it's Netflix and I, I have know. all sorts of attitudes about Netflix. But... The sad thing is they do have a bunch of content that I still need to catch up on that uh, just uh, it sucks being a true blood horror believer, right? Because then you have to compromise your principles elsewhere. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> uh, so my second movie going to go thriller on this one, not horror, but we don't have a separate uh, category for thriller. So, you know, horror adjacent. Uh, this movie called Cat Person stars Amelia Jones. 
And she meets a man while she is at the movie theater that she works at. And they exchange numbers. And it is uh, basically her navigating the dating scene and trying to, to decide if she puts up with things that she doesn't like. And if they're just small things, is this other thing a big red flag? Is this thing a red flag from earlier that I didn't realize until now? Um, so it goes into a lot of those thoughts that people in the dating world have to constantly deal with of what did they mean by this text? Why did they not respond? And then it's explained later of why it was said that way. And then they're like, oh, okay, I get that now. And I overreacted in this way. So it's a lot of that back and forth uh, dialogue, mostly from her perspective. But then uh, there are parts where the man gives his perspective on how things went down. And uh, it's, it's very interesting. I will say I don't want to give up too much, but it's a very nice gray area when it comes to dating for a significant part of this and figuring out what is and is not okay with setting boundaries. So I really enjoyed it. Cat person. Cat person. Not to be confused with cat people or cat woman. Cat or person. cats. Cats is streaming on Netflix this month, and I almost forced my husband to watch it a second time. That's not going to happen. I or rather, I thought for a minute you said you were going to force me to watch it. I was so terrified <laughs> I didn't even respond to the right thing. Wait, have you seen it yet? God, no. Oh my God, we should watch it. It's the angriest I've ever absolutely been at a movie. not. It it makes me hate everything. We should absolutely. I'm, I'm watch just. It. I I I'm not going to do that to myself, Michelle. I feel so passionately about it, and I think we should watch it. I do have Netflix. You can come hey, over, and then hey, you don't hey, need Netflix. Yeah, with that in mind, Michelle, uh, do you have any movies to talk about this month that aren't on Netflix? Well, Cat Person isn't. Oh. Cats is. Cat Person is was what, on Hoopla. This is I what think. I get for not paying attention. That's so what's fair. number three on your Why list? What you? else do we got to talk about? Uh, last thing from modern horror is actually going to be a short. Uh, if you were around during Spooktober, you know that I love short films. I love discovering short films. I can get a whole story consumed in 10 minutes. Yes, please. I consume so much media. Give it to me in bite-sized amount. Give me that TikTok horror movie. Don't. I've watched several TikTok horror movies, and I've only seen one that was kind of okay. So just don't bother. But there is one that I found on shortedfilms.com, short past tense shortedfilms.com that was by Nathan Sellers and it's called The Watcher uh, from 2022. Uh, it is essentially the story of a woman who is part of a traditional cult and who is in the final days of that cult and just going about her business, accomplishing the tasks that she needs to and uh, having some realizations in the process. It is a nice little, I think it was nine minute watch. Um, highly recommended. I do want to see more from Nathan Sellers. And this felt so like a perfect use of that short film format where it gave me exactly what I needed. It perfected every scene and it was just the epitome of a great short film slash short movie slash short short. What was the what title was on that Pants? one again? Uh, the Watcher, and I did have the to Watcher. Nathan Sellers, because how many fucking movies and shows are there going to be called The Watcher? Right, There's The so Watcher many. or Watcher or yeah. you know uh, so, The Watchmen. 
Yeah. Oh, who watches The Watchmen? Nathan uh, Sellers does with nobody his short anymore. film The Watcher. God, that movie True. was uh, anyway. We don't need to talk about that. Ooh, we'll talk about that some other day. I, so, Michelle, you said those are really the only new movies that you had to talk about. Then clearly yeah. that means you've got some other things on your mind. Absolutely. Uh, I was going to put Where the Devil Roams on this list, but listeners will have to just stay tuned because we decided to make it a bonus episode this month. Oh, did you say Where the Devil Roams? I did indeed. Yeah, guys, uh, that's my latest post on the JD Watches 2B series on the Ghoul blog. Uh, uh, it would be actually really cool if you went and checked out that review. I promise it's completely spoiler free. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was uh, a late 2023 release from the Adams family, who also gave us Hellbender uh, a couple years back. Uh, just go read the review. Go watch the movie. We'll be talking about it in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, and you can watch it now, and then watch it later. It's great. I've watched uh, it twice I'm... now already, and you guys are going to think that the the review I wrote for the blog is just insanely hyperbolic and, and over... But no, man, this movie... Just go read it. This is why it's great that we are turning this into Michelle's recap, monthly recap, whatever it is. Michelle because... in review. Okay, Michelle in review. Because January get... Michelle in review. When we do get to the uh, Where the Devil Roams episode, I will be quiet for the majority of that. So it's probably good that I get my own episode now. Oh, well, that's interesting. I thought you might have quite a bit to say about that one as well. You're or do you just feel like I'm going to be overwhelmingly dominant Like, because that's what I do? I'm just an asshole and ramble about the stuff I love and never let you get a word in edgewise? I wouldn't say you're an asshole, but you are passionate. <laughs> and a man, I talk a lot. Including that movie. Fair enough. All right, then. Just, so we're not I talking. Mean, we're not talking I, where the devil roams in detail. What are we talking, Michelle? Well, <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm I, trying to play Mr. Interviewer here because I. I know, guys. But, literally, the only thing I watched all month long that wasn't the Tubi movies or the Shutter movies reviewed. Here's what happened. To be totally honest. Every bit of free viewing time I have has been devoted to Northern Exposure. I don't know if you heard, but finally, for the first time ever, every single episode of Northern Exposure, the single greatest television series ever created of all times, is available to stream for Amazon Prime members for free. Uh, and if you've never seen Northern Exposure... uh stop this podcast right now don't listen to another episode until you've watched every episode of northern exposure change your fucking life uh wow. it's anyway uh so th i guess that's the whole summary of of jd and review uh so please continue you did also watch at least one studio ghibli film with your mother uh i wouldn't say i watched it so much as oh, i experienced on. it Okay. Ghibli, yeah, That's Ghibli fair. is great, but we don't count times I spend with mom. Oh, okay. So the time that you spent with your mother watching Suitable Flesh didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> All these people having sex with each other. That's not what your mom sounds like, but that's what anybody. That's kind of what she like. sounded like. You're, I mean, little, you're not she, far off. <laughs> I I don't know if I've ever heard a North Dakotan accent until I heard your oh, mom's it's North the Dakotan best. accent. I went, it's wow, the best. we do have a culture. Um, oh, <laughs> good okay. lord. 
on to mine. Uh, I was laughing earlier because I knew what was next on this list. And I just said, oh, you're passionate about things. And I'm passionate about things, too. Um, so over the last couple months, I realized that every month I have inadvertently devoted to an entire horror franchise. October was Saw. November was Saw again because my husband had not seen them. So we had to watch all of them a second time. Uh, and then December wound up being Final Destination because I got my new TV and I went, what's worthy of my new TV? All five Final Destination films within 48 hours. And you know what? I was right. That was the right choice. So then January, a couple days ago, I started thinking to myself, hey, Michelle. And I was like, hey, what's up, Michelle? And then I was like, hey, Michelle. And then that went back and forth for a while because neither of us knew who, how to continue the conversation. But I did think, wow. We're almost to the end of January. I realized that I watch a horror franchise every month and I haven't done that. That would be a nice little thing to continue. And I talked to our friend Jenna, uh, Jenna, who doesn't watch or listen to the uh, nope, does not watch the films before listening to our episode. Jenna, that Jenna, the one whose uh, long name I gave her now just got screwed up. But I talked to her about rewatching all of Halloween and we're probably going to do that someday when we have a lot of free time in a month. Um, so that's kind of on the agenda. But I was nearing the end of January and somebody sent me something from YouTube. <laughs> the message accompanying it was watch this as soon as you can, but not around coworkers. And I did. And I felt inspired. That uh, YouTube clip was a man who is on a date. It's a music video. It's animated. It's called Red Flags and is about a man who's on a date and asks his date what her favorite movie is, and she responds, human centipede. I have very, very passionate feelings about the human centipede, so I watched all three of them within the last couple days. It was something. It was definitely something. Uh, human centipede one, I'm just going to tell you my little rant. Human centipede one is, uh, I would say, like, overhyped for the gross factor people yes, just go like yes they're like sure. they're like oh asked mouth gross hate it but it's actually not too gory it is medical horror which i love uh i am obsessed with anything where somebody drugs you and suddenly you're a fucking walrus like tusk that movie gave me such anxiety um spoilers it, for tusk by the way it it's fucking called tusk <laughs> well <laughs> There's no context, Michelle. Okay, well, that anyway. other movie where maybe <laughs> guy gets turned into a fucking we'll, walrus. But... We'll put a spoiler alert in there. Oh, yeah. Somewhere in, case... in this episode is a brief spoiler <laughs> about Yeah, in Tusk. case they're like, man, I want to watch Tusk, the beautiful romantic <laughs> comedy starring Justin Long. Yeah, directed uh. and written by Kevin Smith. Yeah, starring Johnny Depp, which is just bizarre. Oh. Anyway, uh, not here to talk about walruses. Here to talk about centipedes and I guess caterpillars in the third one. I I, um, I would like to say like that has always been an interesting thing to me because you're absolutely right. Like when Human Centipede first came out, like everything you heard about it is this movie is so fucked up. It's so gross. It's so intense. And then I finally watched it, and I was just like, this is like. And I'm not saying this in a, in a derogatory way, but this is like very like horror 101 storytelling, right? Like mm -hmm. stranger in a strange land gets stranded in the middle of nowhere, 
goes to try and find help and finds the exact opposite of help. You know, that happens. So, like, that is, like, fundamental horror storytelling. And, again, like you said, like, all of the, uh, like, everything, it's a perfect example, really, of how everything really intense about it is all happening in the viewer's mind. Right, because mm-hmm. from a from a graphic perspective, there's very little gore in this. Uh, everything is implied. Like you don't actually. Like, like, there's some. There is some grossness that happens, but it's not. At least uh, I had already seen at that point things that were way more severe than Human Centipede, and so I was like, I just found that interesting. And then, of course, and this is where I'm going to let you continue. Then uh, we had the Human Centipede two. Yes. So Human Centipede 1, I think is called the first segment, first sequence. I did just order the collector's box set, by the way. uh, So I will have that soon. On Blu-ray, I assume. Of course. But I did need to to watch the behind the scenes, specifically of the third one. I'm very excited for that. Um, Human Centipede 1, though, legitimately a very good horror movie. It's not very Yeah, I thought it was all right. Yeah, it's a terrifying concept to me, and uh, I don't want to go into it too much, just in case somebody has like not seen it before. And now that I'm saying, oh, I so love you'll it so give much, away considering... the the big throw out uh, the big moment in Tusk, but you won't give away anything about. I see how it is. Tusk, the movie <laughs> where a man gets turned into a walrus. If yeah. anybody sees tusks now <laughs> and they're surprised by concept, I, I have questions. What was it like to be in a cave with It's just it's uh, what's happening right now is, is if this is maybe a new episode <laughs> for you or a recent episode is uh, JD has an just a, a frankly embarrassing uh, record for just throwing spoilers out there for whatever movie he happens to be talking about. And it is rare that I get an It's rare that I get an opportunity. Right. Well, I'm just—it's rare I get an opportunity to rag on you about it. So this one's going the distance. (laughs) Sorry. Please continue. No, that's okay. Uh, So unlike Tusk, the movie where a man gets turned into a walrus, uh, Human Centipede, terrifying concept for me. And uh, the one woman that they focus the story on, her outcome is so fucking bleak all of them have a very bleak outcome but hers is obviously the worst uh once you get into it and what winds up happening and the lead guy who's i don't remember the actor's name but he's a japanese guy so not only is he stuck in this situation but he can't communicate with anybody um he is phenomenal he's and he really really holds that movie down yeah he is so so good so human sent to be one if you've never seen it because you thought it was the goriest thing ever it's not what i couldn't watch was the medical scene um where they're actually performing the surgery that's where i had to glimpse away now i can the most intense it gets in the entire movie and even that like i get you know if something is particularly not your your flavor like you know whatever gets you uh turning away gets you right for mm-hmm. me, that sort of stuff doesn't bother me so much. And so being able to look directly at it, it's not that intense, right? Yeah, like, I've I, seen... I did watch it this time. I feel like yeah. I've been more desensitized. And it, sure. I was able to watch it. But the first time, oh, man, anything involving a tooth, I can't. I have oh. a really hard time with teeth. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's rough. So there's a little bit of that going on if you haven't seen it. 
Um, yeah, so Human Centipede 1, I will defend till the day I die as a great fucking horror movie. That I, really gets me. Ugh. I wouldn't so go I wouldn't go so far as to say I thought it was great myself, but I just I think what happened to me when I saw it is just it was so hyped in a different to be yeah. a different movie than it was that it was yeah. hard to appreciate it at the time. But I would definitely say it's a it's a solid horror movie for sure. Let's when finally get, get you set, talking you about number it. two, which is a disgusting, yes. okay. horrifying nightmare. Human Centipede 2. So after I got that YouTube video, it did begin a discussion with one of the people who sent it to the friend, and then that friend sent it to me, and then the friend who sent it to that friend messaged me and said, did the friend send you the video? So in a roundabout way, it got us talking. And he made the mistake of asking me if Human Centipede 2 really is that bad. And he got a very long response and then did not respond to me. then uh i saw him at work the next day i'm like why didn't you respond to me he's like i was trying to just slowly back away from that conversation <laughs> um human centipede 2 now that that is my limit human centipede 2 i i pride myself on not having a limit when it comes to horror movies i am very desensitized i can watch so many things without blinking i willingly rewatched a serbian film earlier this year just because i needed oh. to make sure my opinion was the same um and oh my god human sent to be too there are significant chunks i have a very hard time watching i will admittedly say there are parts of that movie that i've listened to them i have looked into the corner of the tv as hard as i can without looking that is in so many lists of brutal gory horror for a very good reason every single trigger you can think of and then some you could not comprehend oh, sure. are in that movie Here's it the- is fucked up Here's what I love about that. What I love about how people uh, respond to the gore of it, because there is that reputation. uh, Just uh, there's a severity of of concept, but also a severity of execution. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's, but that's so much more interesting when you understand that the entire movie is black and white. Right. It manages that. And and look, I. I I, I'm not like this movie discuss i would i would not personally say that i thought this movie was more severe than a serbian film i think a serbian film is bo- is yep. is bare bones without question the most repulsive thing i've ever seen in my life uh this movie is a close second uh this mm-hmm. is what i was expecting the first film to be and mm-hmm. many steps beyond that uh i i have only seen it one time uh, and what I found out is that the one time I saw it was the edited version. I have oh, never shit. seen the full unedited version. I know what happens in it. I know what's different, yep. but I've never actually seen it. I have absolutely no intention of ever seeing it. I was so put off by that movie that I didn't see the third one until last year. Uh, we'll and, get to the third one oh, in a minute. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> put this that one movie, on Um. I don't know that I would necessarily... I think what what sets this one apart from a Serbian film for me is a Serbian film... Like, this movie is just peak disgusting, just, like, utterly repulsive, gut-wrenching fucking nausea. But it doesn't hit that philosophical, if you will... Uh, repugnance that a Serbian film does. There is, uh, like, this is disgusting concept. A Serbian film is morally 
like humanly repulsive reprehensible stuff and i think that's where it gets me uh but so for what this is like like it's it's very effective but my god i never want to see that again i while i was watching it now that we've been doing this podcast for so long i know what your I wouldn't even say triggers, but like the things that if this isn't a movie, like for me, it's an animal dying. Like I will have a bad time. If you do something to babies, I'm going to be really, really, really upset. Exactly. And let me tell you, uh, (laughs) spoilers, this movie does some shit to a baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. But it wasn't even that scene. There is a specific audio dialogue that happens that I I watched and I went, oh, fuck, this alone is why JD hates this movie because the baby scene, if you've seen the movie, you know the baby scene. Um, this other thing I had completely forgotten. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, JD would not like this. And it happens fairly early on. Uh, yeah, it's it's fucking gross. Um, I like shock horror, but God, I have such a hard time watching this. And it, just, it keeps going. There's a little bit of a story, but it is just trying to be gross. And I don't fault it for that. There are people who are fucked up like me who yeah, want that. But I, God damn, it's a lot. Yeah. And that's why I say, like, uh, like I, I keep coming back to it because it's a point of reference. But a, a Serbian film is so unique to me, uh, again, because of, of what it is conceptually. Uh, and, but, uh, this, uh, I, I get what people who make these kind of movies are doing, right? And I'm definitely not one of those people, uh, who are like, this should not be allowed to exist. Uh, but this is to, this it takes things to a level that is just finally, and, and I put, I used to push that, right? Like I, I watched a lot of, of Mike in, in 99, 2000, 2001 when he was in the depths of his repugnance. Like, Visitor Q was the second Mike movie I ever saw, right? He did some, some savagely disgust. Like, I've seen some reprehensible shit is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, but uh, uh, this just goes to a level that I have no interest in going to. It's like I pushed my limits and I finally found it. Uh, I, so again, I, I can't fault it for what it's trying to be, but oh my God, I, uh, it, you don't it's, enjoy it's, it. no, and I, uh, I, I try not to be judgmental, but I do get real curious about people who do Michelle. <laughs> I wouldn't say I enjoy it, but no, I uh, get it. it. It's definitely an endurance test. And oh. I, I like the feeling of knowing that I can sit there each time I've watched it. I think I've seen like three or four times now because it's always fun with friends who are like will you watch this with me i'm like i'm like that what's the thing like the drug guide where somebody does shrooms and you have to sit with them and keep them safe i'm that with horror movies okay what is it called that i forgot what sitter yeah a sitter that's what i am but for horror movies being like okay there's a really bad part here you might want to close your eyes just so you know it's going to be very crunchy i'm that person um so Human Centipede 2, I've seen three or four times, and I have seen a little bit more of it each time. I and can I assume a you've seen more. I assume you've seen the unedited version. I have. I have indeed. Um, it is really interesting because when I watched it for this time, uh, my box set hadn't arrived. I didn't really feel uh, like trying so hard to go find a torrent for the unrated version, so I did watch the edited version this time. Um, And then I pulled up an article to be like, okay, the side-by-side comparison, what am I missing? And oh, shit. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I this is my limit, and it, there's so much where just thing? reading the side by side is or, like, yep, they're they're like twelve more seconds of this in this the scene, sandpaper fifteen bit. more seconds. Yep, the sandpaper is completely cut from the edited, which I've seen that one. I think I've seen the the director's cut like more. I, I've definitely seen it so much that I was surprised it wasn't in the edited <laughs> version at least a little bit. So uh, I don't even know if I'd seen the edited version before, but oh man, anyway. Human centipede too. That's a lot. Uh, and then we yeah, get into I, human centipede. I do. I think oh. the last thing I would say about it is having now finally seen the third one, which is also repugnant. Uh, the second one is the most intense uh, of the three because there is a level of absurdity to the third one that kind of tempers a lot of what's going on. I think. Yeah. So human centipede three. Uh, back when this was getting released, I had read so many interviews from Tom Six, who's writer and director, I believe, on all three of them. And uh, I had read a lot. I was just fascinated by like his thoughts. And he kept uh, saying, like, this is medically accurate. I was like, your first movie kind of shows why it's not 100 percent medically accurate. Technically, you could do this, but it's not really going to work in the way that like long term. Uh, so the first movie is a straight up decent horror movie that is it follows like a horror movie structure it makes sense uh, it's definitely a unique concept but i like that i like body horror shit so uh human centipede one legit good movie and then human centipede two is just trying to take those people who liked the concept of human centipede and push it as far as he could so now it's not just like basic horror movie now it's it's in that extreme shocking territory of just trying to push the limits and it succeeds and then human centipede three is a completely different genre we're now in three different genres we've got legit horror extreme horror which should not be in the same realm because like human centipede i'd watch that with certain friends human centipede too i'd ask my husband i was like do you want to watch human centipede with me he's very tentatively said yes and before i put them on i was like you know what i've reconsidered i don't want you to see these movies that's how bad these are where I was like, I'm not, no, I was like, you won't enjoy this. You're not going to have a good time. You don't have to watch them. But tonight he watched Human Centipede 3 with me because I was like, okay, don't even watch the first two. Just watch three. And three is so fucking silly. It is still gross. There is, there's it's just ridiculous. In yeah. Like, oh God. I can't even see the best way because I can't tell how much he was trying to make this type of movie. It definitely is very clear that he's leaning into the memes oh, and yeah, he's taking the parts that people absurd, laughed at. For sure. Yeah. But God, to what extent? Because it is just a completely different movie. I I watched it just a couple hours ago. I finished up and my husband and I laughed throughout the whole fucking thing, which is not the reaction you have to the first two. And not even like there were things that were said that were just so absurd that we were laughing. Uh, it, it was like, wow, that was incredibly racist. What the fuck? It's one of those type of movies where I'm like, what the hell are we watching? I forgot all of this. So Human Centipede 3, completely other level. Uh, if I didn't have the first two to go on, I would dislike it. But it makes me laugh in the terrible person type of way. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's, you know, obviously there is just 
more uh, just repugnant gore and uh, grossly uh, sexual stuff in this movie. Uh, also, like deliberately severe overacting because of course the uh, uh the lead He's actor so from the first one and the Dear. lead actor from the second one Dieter Laser and yeah. I don't remember the fellow from number 2 but they both are back here um it, it's you know again it's in I in really a way I love Dieter Laser in this yeah. movie it would have been so boring if not for him. He's just so fucking weird, and I love oh, it. Yeah, it's it's just profound overacting, <laughs> and this. Uh, uh, I I do think it's interesting, and uh, like again, I, I I get what Tom Six is trying to do here, right? Uh, and it is an interesting sort of structure of movies that also uh, I think has something to say. Uh, just about uh, sort of general cycles and progress in horror to begin with, is you have that first movie that is just in concept so intense that there's a certain kind of person who can't handle it, despite the mm -hmm. fact that it's not really very graphic or, or forward. Uh, and so they overreact to it, which then drives somebody to do... You know, they're like, oh, you, like, really? Like, this was too much for you? This is nothing. Let me show you how far we can go. Mm -hmm. And then you get part two. Uh, and then you move into part three where, the again, the level of severity has gone so far that now it comes back into just abject absurdity, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so it, it's kind of through that cycle uh, of events, but... Uh, you have to go to some just repugnant places to do that, and uh, I just—it's—it's it's not my vibe, bro. I mean, kudos to you for telling your story. It is what it is, but no, thank you. I think the trilogy as a whole is a perfect trilogy because of the fact that they are so fucking different. I cannot oh, yeah. believe that these were the same guy and these were just made one right after another. This is what he put out. And it's, it, it, you know what he's pulling? He's pulling a fucking Ari Aster where he's like, you want some different <laughs> genres? Here you go. But they're all about centipedes. Like, yeah, it's, it's, just, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a set of movies that, uh, I, you know, like I said, it's, 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 it's well past my limit of what I'm interested in seeing. Uh, so why have I bothered to see more than one of them? Fuck, man, I don't know. Uh, but it we is what see. it is. We all have that. Right, uh, but, uh, so, yeah, I, I certainly respect what the fellow was trying to do here, but, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go watch Halloween again. <laughs> My box set does have a colored version of the second one, and I, it's gonna be hard for me to watch that one, because... The black and white, I think, adds something to it, but I already can't watch certain scenes in black and white. I'm hoping that the blood is so absurd that it takes me out of it. Because, like, I, I think that's why black and white was probably the right choice because right, yeah. that discoloration isn't there. And I'm hoping it, it helps lessen how brutal things are. I'm not watching it right away. I do need a palate cleanser for a while. After I watched Human Centipede 1 and 2, I made such a fucking mistake doing that one right after another. I, I needed a, a separation between the two. But then I just spent a long time watching Judge Judy, and that did help a little bit before <laughs> I watched the third one. Because what is the opposite of Human Centipede 2? Judy Justice. Dreaming my, on hey, Crime. Hey, my mom spent several hours watching Judy Justice just the other day. 
I've seen every episode that's out so far. You and uh, you and my mom should get together and have Judy Justice parties. Oh my God! Yes, nobody ever wants to talk to me about Judge Judy, and I have so many T-shirts. <laughs> oh, mom loves them. it. We'll, we'll oh my have... God! I will. I will wear my only Judy can justice. Uh, only Judy can judge me shirt and hang out with your mom. <laughs> That's okay. fabulous. I think we're good on. The I don't know how much time we talk. just spent. Uh, uh, Ad lib. I told just, you I just, was jinxing it before. No, we just out of nowhere. It. It'll be a I, quick one. I don't. I don't mind that these things happen. Like, it. like it. It's yeah. this. I didn't know we were going to oh, talk God. about the Human Centipede trilogy, but trilogy. I'm gonna start calling trilogies trillies. That's, trilogy. <laughs> that's I like that. A human centipede trilogy. You know <laughs> what I mean, uh, guys? I may have had some medicine. Like anyway. Uh, what else Truly. are we talking about? I, I, uh, I thought it was a good discussion, I think, is what I was trying to no, say. No, I completely agree. I just think it's funny that every time I say, it's going to be a quick episode, those it's, are ones I mean, that go more Michelle, than Michelle, we're hour. well beyond the era of when it will ever be a quick episode. Get that I through your brain. don't want to regularly put out more than an hour. That's my rule of thumb. But you know what? Fuck it. It's Michelle's recap. Onward. No, it's Michelle uh, in review. Michelle, I'm writing this fucking down here, Michelle in <laughs> review, because I will never remember it. Michelle in review. Some podcasts go out, out of their way to prepare and make sure they're organized yeah. and, and produce a professional. Nah, f- fuck that. Yeah, Michelle in review. We I got show it. up with a microphone, uh, fam. <laughs> so I have three films on my older horror list, in addition to Human Centipede. Uh, these ones, I believe two of them you would have had to have seen. But one of these I mentioned to you and you said you had to check it out. And that is Takashi Miike's As the Gods Will. Uh, this is this is the premise immediately at the start. So it's not a spoiler that suddenly a bunch of high school students are forced to play weird games and they have no idea why it's happening or even what the rules are until people die. And then they go, oh, we can't do that. How about this thing? And then somebody else dies. So it's an elimination kind of squid game esque. Um, for some reason, like anime and Japanese movies that take place in high schools like Persona love the Persona video games that kind of thing just hits me I think it's because it's already such a different culture but it's something that I can kind of relate to uh so this taking place with a bunch of high school students it's probably my favorite Mike. I I think like it's almost undoubtedly my favorite thing that Takashi Mike has done I really, really enjoyed this. He did direct, not write, um, but God, I, I really love this movie. And it's on Crunchyroll. If you yeah, Crunchyroll. you uh, you mentioned this one to me, and uh, what it did that was interesting for me is it made me start to think a little bit more about what Mike I had seen, uh, and so I went back to look at his uh, at his filmography, and what I realized is like pretty much the most recent thing of his that I had seen uh, was uh, Gozu back from like 2003. Uh, We have so many to watch. Oh, yeah, but like those, there's a period from like 99 to 2003 where he just, you had Audition and you had Ichi the Killer and you had Gozu and you had The Happiness of the Katakuris it uh, just this wave of some of the most visitor Q, uh, which is one of the m- most fucking gross, disgusting, sick things you'll ever see in your life. Uh, yeah, just uh, and so I'm curious 
what the last 20 years may or may not have done to uh, to temper or sharpen that guy's voice because he's a sick son of a bitch. It is a lot of anime now. Like, he did several episodes or maybe just one episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. He did the movie that I have not seen yet, but I got to fucking see it. I just haven't found a place to stream it of Ace Attorney, which is based on Ace Attorney, uh, Attorney at Law, whatever the fucking. It's a game. I really enjoy it. Phoenix Wright. Uh, I object. Uh, Objection. Anyway, I have to see that. That's what I'm trying to get at. So he's got like a lot of weird shit like anime and also as to God's will um, reminded me how fucking funny he is. He's really, really good at interjecting comedy into horror. It's dark, dark comedy, but that's kind of my favorite part. Um, so I, I fucking love as the God's will. I think you should start with that one as your All more right. recent ones to check out. Cause it's my favorite Mike. And, it'll and go I on like, the I like it'll go on the ever growing list of shit I still need to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can help you prioritize. I know what's good and bad. Uh, speaking do of you, good, Michelle? <laughs> I do. Do it's, you? Uh, the first human centipede. Anyway, um, on the older list, these two are just such classics. And January, I'm gonna be honest, it was a very, very stressful month for me. I love my job. I was very stressed out by my job. That is not a complaint. It's just I needed time outside of work to decompress. So I did go back to some of my favorites to rewatch. And I don't rewatch often. I do like to consume new media as much as new new media as possible. But I just need a fucking break. Uh, so one of the films that I watched also with my husband, I am slowly introducing him to horror. I'm so proud. Um, he had never seen this. And it is a movie that everybody who likes horror movies has to see. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Fucking Six Skulls. That movie is yes. genius. It's crazy yes. to me that more people don't know that movie. It is so fucking good. Yep. I have been building up my physical media collection because during my Christmas break from work, I did go through and catalog everything in my collection. I didn't have it before. It was driving me a little crazy that I kept winding up with copies of things being like, oh, clearly I don't have this. And I'd get many copies of that, but then not have things like behind the mask. So I ordered that on DVD and it arrived and I had to watch it immediately. That um, if you're not familiar, which again, very surprising people who haven't heard of this, but it's pretty like it's on my list of rare horror because people just it's not as mainstream and I'm amazed by that but it is the slasher's slasher story told from the perspective of the serial killer and he's letting them make a documentary as he's showing them how he stalks this girl and prepares for his big night of killing all her friends yeah, Fantastic. and then it also does and I, I don't even really want to explain it in detail uh, because I think it's a really incredible thing to watch happen. But yeah, it, it, it starts off in the form of a mockumentary where this yep. documentary crew is following. Like they talk about, about Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers. Like these were real serial killers in the real world. And he's trying to be the next one of those. And then we'll just say the movie starts changing so beautiful to watch and what this movie does is one of the most clever 
and unique ideas I have ever seen a horror movie do. It's I, I've never seen it. It's also the kind of thing that it's so unique that nobody could ever do it again. Right. With mm-hmm. without ever just immediately being like, oh, you lifted that entirely from this. Uh, yeah. I love that movie. It's so good. That is one of my comfort films. Fucking love it. It's also so funny. We should uh, do a I... full episode about that sometime. Yeah, I would be down. Uh, Put it on the Leslie list Vernon, for sure. The the guy from this, uh, when I saw this in high school, I was so hot for Leslie Vernon. <laughs> oh my god, he's so charismatic, and I'm like, the mask he boy, wears in this is me. wild too. I like, know. I love so that sad. mask. He's so fucking charismatic, and I'm like. Damn it, this is not a good thing that I'm into Leslie Vernon. But you know what? He's charming <laughs> as hell. He's charming as hell. He's a very nice serial killer. Oh, yeah. It's so great. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. If you haven't checked it out, absolutely. Just go buy it. Just have it because it's so good. Um, And then my other one, another classic in an entirely different way. I saw this movie for the first time when I was too young to appreciate it, but I still watched it and said, there's something here that I like. I laughed at certain parts. I did not fucking get it beyond that. Uh, So I've rewatched it a couple times as an adult now. And that movie is 1964's Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. It's a great, great movie. And I I didn't... uh... I didn't understand it the first time. <laughs> oh, do you understand it now? Yeah, well, I mean, I get could you ex- could, generally could you expl- what's happening. Could you explain it to me? I'm not sure I still understand it. Uh, Rather, so I'm still general, not sure I understand it. A crazy general decides to start the nuclear war by sending a nuke, and then they can't be communicated with, and it's all the people fighting over what to do, and then they're on the phone with Dimitri, who's, like, head of Russia. Dimitri, <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry, Dimitri. And uh, the quote, you can't fight in here, this is the war room, made me laugh so fucking hard. Uh, the guy played by uh, Peter Sellers, there's three played by him, but but the one who's an ex-Nazi. Spoilers! Who stop, like... <laughs> <laughs> that was... No, it's from I'm 1964. with you. <laughs> Anyway, he can't stop zig hailing, and I did not get that the first time I saw this in high school. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Is he possessed? I did not understand, and now it's so funny. And, oh, and I think I, I mean, like it's... that it's never dark. It's just funny and absurd. It is It is legendary anti-war satire, right? Like, it is... It's, uh, it's it's definitive satirical comedy. I, I thought it was. It, it's really really good. It's a legend for a reason. Uh, it does yep. make me want to ask: Have you ever seen a film called Failsafe? I don't think I've ever heard of that. In the it's uh, it's another film from around the same time as as Doctor Strange Love. Nineteen sixty four, same year. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whole lot more serious uh, film. Uh, and and takes a like the whole gimmick of the of the film is somehow uh, the the order gets sent to to start a nuclear strike on Russia, but it's not supposed to actually be happening, and they're oh, trying so it's the same concept but serious. Right, uh, and uh, you should see it. It's like the flip side coin of that movie, and it's also really really good. 
I will absolutely be checking that out because, yeah, I like I've been trying to work my way through more classic films. Uh, Gone with the Wind, I mentioned before, it was the most shocking classic movie I've ever seen because, oh, my God, Scarlett O'Hara is a bitch and you do not like her. I did not expect that. Interesting, uh, interesting thing about Failsafe. Uh, I don't remember. uh, I I think the original was a was a theatrical film, but. Sometime, I want to say in the early mid two thousands, uh, George Clooney, I want to say, uh, produced a live television broadcast of a remake of Failsafe. Uh, but it, it, they did it as a live broadcast that night. It was like a prime time Sunday night thing or whatever. Uh, and I don't remember if that was uh, something that I, I don't think that's how the original film was made, uh, but uh, but it was an interesting thing. I watched it live on TV. Uh, I still think the original is better, but uh, uh, it's it's interesting for sure. Awesome! Oh man, this month is such a good month for recommendations. I'm even getting a few things. What a great time! Woohoo! Um, okay, I have one thing in my non-horror category, and technically, Doctor Strangelove could have been non-horror. I think the idea of a nuclear apocalypse and the world ending is horror. It's close enough for me, um, even though you're never going to be scared. You're going to be laughing, but non-horror. I just have one thing. Uh, it was a very documentary-heavy month. Like I said, I needed some comfort things. I needed to learn about the world. And uh, this has been on my list for a little bit. I believe it's on Max, formerly known as HBO Max, uh, if you're old school like me. Um, But I thought I was getting into something else. And then I watched one of the most devastating documentaries that I've seen in a while. So that did not wind up being the palate cleanser that I needed that night. Uh, That documentary is called Great Photo, Lovely Life. Are you familiar at all, J.D.? I've never heard those words together in that series ever before in my life. Okay. I am going to give you a very, very brief synopsis, trying to keep this as spoiler light as I can, but it establishes within just a few minutes what the topic is going to be. And essentially, it's asking the question, uh, if one of your beloved family members turns out to uh, be a fan of sexually assaulting children... How do you deal with that? And it is this family figuring that shit out. That's a that's a horrible, horrifying question that I'm yep. sure an unfortunate number of people have had to contend with. Yep, exactly. And this is uh, talking to various family members about what was done to them or what they knew was happening and trying to just rebuild this relationship and people blaming others in the family. I mean, even though it was the actual offender's fault, blaming them and trying to come to terms with what happened. And it is very upsetting, but it was also very compelling. And, oh, man, it, it definitely explored a territory that I don't think I've ever seen explored that intimately before. Um, I think it is probably going to be helpful to a lot of people who might be dealing with those same kind of conflicting emotions. So highly recommended, but go into it prepared for the very upsetting documentary. It's up there with Dear Zachary, which is the saddest documentary I've ever seen. Oh my God. It's the most devastating documentary I've seen in my entire goddamn life. I cried 
so so long. Yeah, I've uh, I've kind yeah. of avoided watching it because I've I've it's heard that it's you. it's pretty bleak. There's that one, and then yeah. it's not a documentary, but uh, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. I rewatched uh, that. This I also month. <laughs> have not watched because I hear it's just bleak as fuck. Yeah, it's very bleak. Um, not as bleak as I remember. I think now I've gotten a lot more desensitized to sad things after we've reviewed, you know, like Speak No Evil. That's way more bleak to me. <laughs> but uh, I actually happened to rewatch that a couple of days ago um, or last week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I did. I, st- I still and haven't you know seen it. They should have uh... talked about him. They should have talked about Kevin with Save Some People Some Heartache. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant you just rewatched uh, Speak No Evil. Oh, no, no. We should talk about Kevin. I rewatched, and they should have just talked about him. That would have solved everything. It's in the title. What were they thinking? <laughs> Fucking Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Read the title. Follow the directions next time. You won't it's, be in the It's right situation. there in the title of your story, lady. What's going what, Come on. Exactly. Yeah, oh. exactly. What uh, else do you have to talk have, about, Michelle, in review? I just have a couple news items uh, that will be very, very quick. Uh, first off, Has Been Hotel finally hit streaming services. They epi- uh, they released one episode, I think, four years ago on YouTube, and we have been waiting for the full season to be released. I watched it, aside from the episode that hasn't aired yet, or maybe I think one might have come out very recently. So I'm either one or two episodes behind. It's fucking great. If you love Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, which used to be one of my all-time favorite shows, I love that animation style, but this is the adult version with demons. And there is a woman who is the daughter of Lucifer and not Eve, Lilith, uh, Lucifer and Lilith. And she starts a hotel in hell because she wants to help rehabilitate people who are stuck in hell so that they can get to heaven. And uh, it is fucking great. It's very funny. I did not expect it to be incredibly musical, but it's very musical. And I have had it playing through my head for a while. I love it. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It was my cup of tea. I like it. Pour me some more, please. All right. I have uh, never even heard of it, uh, but I just Googled it while you were chatting them up there. And mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, a 24 thing, I see. Not surprised. I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, I might have uh, to give that a shot after I've gotten all the way through all six seasons of Northern Exposure. <laughs> and it's a quick Michelle, watch, have you ever seen season. Northern Exposure? No, I looked it up after oh you mentioned in one of the earlier episodes, and I decided no. It's I did so not. It did it, not appeal to me. It's I so too much Judge good. Judy to watch, and Has Been Hotel, and Human Centipede. Oh. Um, other quick news: Steamboat Willie. Of course, we're getting so many fucking horror movies. Uh, I uh, Brock Baker on YouTube said that he's disappointed that nobody has called it Screamboat Killy, and I agree. That's way better. So they're all Steamboat Willie or like Mickey Kills, I think is one of them. We're getting so many and I don't like it. But we are getting a Steamboat Willie horror game. I think it's coming from Infestation 88, if I recall where that news was from or who made it. I made a note and I didn't go back and double check where I saw that. Um, So I'm excited for the video game. I'll take a Steamboat Willie video game, but God, stop giving me childhood icons turned into horror movies they're not good knock it off knock it off <laughs> unless you turn them into centipede steamboat willie as a centipede i'd watch that the steamboat centipede yeah mouse centipede 
something. <laughs> nice little hybrid. Uh, and then my other quick piece of news, Sundance Film Festival wrapped up. I have a huge list. I think it was 26 movies. I went through the entire website and I wrote down everything that appealed to me so that I could keep an eye out for when it hits streaming services. The four really big ones are Presence, which is Oh my God. Yeah, found I can't footage wait. footage told from the story of the ghost. Yeah. So guys, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard about this movie, but as everybody who's listened to us for a long time knows, JD's real particular about found footage. Uh, you really got to do something special and unique. And this is not telling tales out of school. This is just part of their open marketing of the film. Yeah. It's first person perspective found footage film. But you're watching from the perspective of the evil presence, and uh, and like Soderbergh, I I I don't know, Michelle, have you seen any of Soderbergh's more recent uh, kind of psychological thriller horror stuff? Kimmy, uh, Unsane, uh, yes. Contagion. Yeah, I've seen both of those. Yeah, he's he's been on this it, it, like I wouldn't say any one of them is strictly a horror film in any way. But they are these very weird. There are actually, especially in Kimmy, his his most recent one from a couple of years ago. Which, if you haven't seen that, you absolutely should. It's a phenomenal movie. Uh, there are some sequences in that that uh, are very reminiscent of horror movie stuff. There's one scene in particular that just you know, with a little bit of special effects makeup, you could have it straight out of a zombie film. Like it's it's great stuff. Uh, but uh, his one of his big things has always been like. The, and I, I've said this myself also, the biggest problem with found footage is that you don't see the reaction of the people holding the cameras, right? You don't see their faces. They, they're not on-screen presence. And I thought the more I think about that, every movie that attaches itself sort of to found footage that I really like does find some way to give you a perspective on the person's face from time to time. And then I heard this concept... Yeah, I, I heard uh, I heard this concept and I was just like, holy how first of all, how was nobody ever thought to do this before? Uh, but uh, I'm so fucking excited for that movie. Me I haven't been excited too. about a found footage movie maybe ever in my life. Wow. I was excited about Blair Witch Project, but I didn't we didn't know what a found footage movie was at that time. So That's fair. Uh, Soderbergh also did the Nick. Uh, the TV series, great fucking TV series. He did Logan Lucky, and most importantly, he did Magic Mike and Magic Mike's Last Dance. Oh yeah, he also did like Oceans Eleven, Twelve, Thirteen, no, I don't care all about that, that stuff. He, uh, he he's famous. If you look at his filmography, he's very famously known for like he goes out because he's he's buddies with like Clooney and and that whole and Brad Pitt and that whole school of guys. So it's like we go out and we do a big high budget motion picture for a big studio with all our movie star friends and we all make a bunch of money uh, and then we go off and do one of these small little indie projects that's just like a thing that we, we really want to dive into you'll see that in his, his he kind of alternates back and forth between the big Hollywood projects and the smaller indie stuff and what he's done over the last I didn't even really kind of figure it out until Kimmy and then I went back to look at his filmography but he's created this very interesting, like psychological thriller kind of uh, phase of his career, and I have enjoyed all of these movies. Uh, 
four of them in particular, Contagion, Side Effects, Unsane, and Kimmy, I think have all been really, really good. You know how we sometimes have award-winning movie ideas that if somebody just gave us money, we would sweep oh, yeah. all the Oscars? Uh, I just came up with a really good one. Okay, okay hit hear me. me out. Magic Mike. It's Takashi Mike, but with strippers. Just, just think about it. Uh, is this the part where yeah. we just say goodnight? No, I'm not done. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Magic Mike, I'm telling you, millions of dollars there just waiting. Uh, my next thing is seeking Mavis Beacon at Sundance. Uh, Mavis Beacon, uh, her typing, I fucking forgot the game just now, but she had a, a typing. And Mavis Beacon game. teaches typing? Yeah, I think that's it. No, that uh, is so what it is. That, 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 I'm not. Okay, yeah. I'm not suggesting. I'm telling you. It's yeah. So Mavis Beacon, honestly, this woman shaped my life. I fucking love typing. When she shaped I your life, team, and you don't even remember the name of the software, Michelle. It's. I'm not a smart person when it comes to remain remembering those types of things, but I remember her, and I fucking love typing. When I got my Steam game, uh, or Steam games in review for the year, whatever the fuck that name is, uh, it had a significant percentage spent on typing games. And when I posted on social media, somebody was like, "What the fuck were you playing, Mavis Beacon?" And I'm like, essentially, yes, I love Mavis Beacon's games. I love typing. I think it's fun. I think um, you so might CK be Mavis the only Beacon. person I've ever heard describe. Mavis Beacon teaches typing as a game. <laughs> it was one of my favorite games. <laughs> I loved it. But Seeking Mavis Beacon is about Mavis Beacon, and I've never even considered that that was a real woman. And is I'm this so a excited. is this a horror movie somehow? No, this is a documentary. I'm just telling you Sundance things I'm excited about. But God, oh. Seeking Mavis Beacon, this horror movie. <laughs> Would be really fucking. It's. I'm. I'm only gonna see it if they. If the title actually like drops the G on seeking with an apostrophe, uh, and it's called Seeking Mavis Seek Beacon. Seeking Mavis Beacon. Oh if man. If it. If the name doesn't rhyme, I'm not seeing it. I feel like the woman who shaped typing for a generation would not allow that. Well, no. That's why you include the apostrophe. I know. It's correct grammar. I feel, I feel like she would frown upon it. Well. Um, and then this one, just a quick little shout out to a documentary called Every Little Thing, which is about hummingbirds. I fucking love birds. I know too much about birds. I read books that are about birds. Um, and this is about hummingbirds. And I'm going to cry like a little bitch. I'm so excited for it. It's just a documentary <laughs> about hummingbirds. Please. And even just thinking about it. Please. Did you know their bodies are 70% air and that uh, the pygmy hummingbird is so small that it can sit on a human's fingernail and it can't be out in the rain because the raindrops will crush its little body? I know so much about hummingbirds. Anyway, and then my last one. This is the one. <laughs> <laughs> this is that was a I moment was we just had you. with with oh no no Michelle you don't get to just blow by this so this is a moment we what? just had where we all learned like something birds. about you. I like Mich birds. Okay. Michelle Bir Michelle you know birds aren't real right? If it flies it spies. <laughs> <laughs> this aren't real. Anyway, real. moving on. Um, and then did the you ever see? Of, uh, why am I asking? Did you ever see? Of course you have. You've seen Birdemic, haven't you? Of course. Have you seen all of the Birdemics? I didn't know there was more than one. Oh, there's I like I think there's to. like at least three, maybe four, maybe even more than that. You got to do a Birdemic awful. month with your franchise oh. thing. 
I wrote it down on my paper. It'll happen. <laughs> uh, coming soon to a Michelle in review find... near you. The bird that would be like a good franchise. spring watch, I think, when the birds are coming out. I watch them from my window in my office, and I love them. Um, and then my last uh, movie, this one, I'm not. I, I'm excited for this, but I was more excited to tell you about this in case you had not heard of it. Uh, I saw the TV glow. It's been on my radar for a while. Hmm. Looks good. I'm excited for it. Most importantly, writer director Jane Schoenbrunn. Oh yeah, I do remember that name now. Yes, I'm very excited to see that. Um, if I remember correctly, I think and God, I feel terrible that I don't remember their name. Uh, but I think the star of uh uh We're All Going to the World's Fair uh is also in that film. Uh, I, I may be mistaken, but no, uh, I am I am definitely looking forward to seeing that film. Of course, uh, longtime listeners will know that uh, uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair was one of my absolute favorite films uh, of 2022. I believe it's still available on HBO Max. I strongly recommend everybody go see it. Michelle didn't like it nearly as much as I did, but oh man, do I love that film. I did not like it, but I did like what it was trying to do. Sure. So I'm excited to see that's more fair. from them. But yeah, that's World's Fair. Um, and <laughs> I see what you uh, did there. That kind of wraps up my news section. Um, usually I would have a literature, manga, books, um, reading section. But frankly, I was training for my job all month and I just didn't feel like reading jack shit outside of Reddit threads from the Am I the Asshole subreddit. Um, <laughs> I like reading about people's personal problems and whether sure. they were assholes in those situations. I do. Um, have... I did play a couple video games. That's oh, about I it. actually, if I can, just quickly before yeah. we go on to the video games, I did. I'm still working my way through it, but. Uh, uh, so far oh, yeah, as you have a book. horror and horror-related literature, uh, finally released on audiobook as read by the author, uh, House of Psychotic Women by... Uh, I found out that you pronounce uh, her name Kayla. Uh, her name is... It's spelled K-I-E-R-L-A. I always thought it was just Kirla pronouncing it phonetically, but no, apparently it's Kayla. Uh, Kayla Janice, uh, who gave us... Uh, the astoundingly uh, exhaustive uh, uh, folk horror documentary Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched that goes on for like almost five hours and it's just awesome. But uh, uh, this is a book that's that's well known uh, among like like real like horror uh, theorists and you get into the real sort of academic uh, elements of of horror and its interpretation. Uh, I'm only about halfway through the book at this point, but it's every bit as wonderful as it's been suggested to me that it, it would be. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's sort of, uh, it's almost like a memoir or a, a, a looking back at the author's life as filtered through, uh, her, her fandom with horror films and specifically the portrayal of women in horror films. Uh, really well written. It's uh, it's fantastic, and I, I strongly recommend everybody. If you're real serious about horror, you should check it out. Uh, obviously available still in print, but now also available on audiobook as read by the author. House of Psychotic Women. It has a whole big long subtitle, but I don't remember it at this point. Also, uh, just conveniently enough. 
that uh, that film, the action like that's House of Psychotic Women is the alternate title of a film uh, that was actually just put up on the uh, on the archive on Shutter recently called Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. Uh, also known as House of Psychotic Women. I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet, but I'm really excited to get a chance to see that if it was like, you know, the namesake of, of this book that she wrote. And she's talked about it in the book already and part of it that I've, I've, uh, I've been through. Uh, but yeah, awesome. House of Psychotic Women, check it out. This is great. You should definitely read books on months that I don't. I'm partially through many books. I read a couple chapters of Jurassic Park, read a couple chapters of the Final Girl Support Group, read a couple chapters of Maze Runner, just did not finish anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trucking along. It was just, I, I was not in the mood to read. I spent significant chunks of my month reading and I was not doing it anymore. <laughs> um, so for video games, I don't really have too much to say. Just I've been replaying Cyberpunk 2077. If you want to talk to me about it, holla. Uh, I am 100%. Isn't that that game that was like the big, big hyped release for so long and then it was just trash full of bugs when it finally got released? Well, you're half took right. Like, because took it like was... three years to actually make it playable. It was ridiculously buggy. It was from the same people who, if I recall, uh, and I just fucking forgot the name, even though I've been seeing it for the last couple of weeks, uh, but they did Witcher 3, and that was such a huge, big game. So when this came out, it's one of the few that I played out at release, and oh man, it was so buggy. However, not trash. I liked the bug version. I liked when I could be running down a street, and all of a sudden a car would explode and killed me. That was an extra level of difficulty that I was not prepared for. There was a mission that I had to save this woman, but every time I got to her, she was already dead, but the game didn't recognize her as dead, so then I had to drag her corpse through the level while she was still giving me the dialogue responses as though she was alive. That's a great fucking twist, and I I hope someday I can play the bugged version again. It was so fun. I liked buggy cyberpunk 2077. It was fun. Cool. So what else do we have to talk <laughs> then, about uh, Michelle and review? Just a quick little shout out to little nightmares. It is an actual horror game uh, for spookum nights. We sit there and we just watch our friend Brock play horror video games and we all get scared and scream at him. Um, little nightmares is the perfect one to do that. There is a man in that game whose arms are too long. Uh, and it's a nice little quick indie game that we were able to finish. I mean, if you sat down and just did it, you could do it in a day. <laughs> Katie's cracking up. The man with the arms. There's, there's just something about the way you said that, that it was just like, there's a man in that game whose arms are too long. It, but just the way you I emphasized it, it's like, like there was so much context in just the way you said that. I was just like, oh, like, are yeah. we talking like I'll Freddy Krueger in that dream sequence too long or just like, oh, just like slightly they, too long? So you got like that uncanny valley thing no. going on. Like, clearly, the clearly, body an, clearly an upsetting long. level of too long. Yeah, they can get you anywhere. When you're just walking around the library, his arms will reach out through a book case and just nab you and then too it, it, long. Uh, <laughs> too long um but little nightmares there was a second one that we're actually gonna play for spookum night so i'm excited for that um but if you like horror games that's a cute little uh nice dark one very much in the uh realm of limbo um everybody fucking knows limbo if you play little dark horror games so oh. that was my month in review on top I... of all that 
Judge Judy uh, accused guilty or innocent the latest season on Hulu. Love that show. Obsessed with that show. And then I just worked. I watched so many training videos. Can I put that on the review? <laughs> I'm trying uh, to get guys, certified for a bunch of stuff. I'm tired. I, I would like to quickly point out before we wrap this up that uh, I just sprung this idea of, of Michelle in review on Michelle literally about a half an hour before we sat down to record tonight. Uh, because yeah. genuinely she just she's able to see so much more stuff than I am because I, I mean I got a lot going on she's got a lot going on too but she's a crazy <laughs> multitasker she's I'm not convinced she's entirely a human being but uh, yeah, uh, it's insane. but uh, uh, it's so funny because the very first thing she said to me is yeah I'm totally okay with that idea but I didn't really get to watch a whole lot of stuff it was kind of a light month so I, I don't know how I, we are now at 76 minutes an hour and 16 minutes into this episode michelle i, this... I know we gotta get those numbers up <laughs> <laughs> she was so worried guys she was so was. worried we i don't know if we're really gonna have much to talk about well we had a lot to talk about michelle and yeah. review we're gonna do Mostly it every human month centipede. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good chat it was a good yeah. chat Oh, I am not. I'm not saying it wasn't just a lot more centipede than I expected. Oh, it was was very centipede in in this episode than there was in Human Centipede Three. That is severely lacking. When you stop and think about it, though, isn't there always more centipede than you expected? Isn't that kind of the centipede's whole gimmick? Is you see it and then you're just like, oh, whoa! It just keeps going. <laughs> like, there's seen just... a centipede and said that when I'm at the zoo, like, oh shit. There's always oh more my god, cent- that thing. I tell you this much: there's always more centipede than there should be. <laughs> oh, now so... that, oh, that is the truest thing I've ever centipedes. heard. Centipedes, oh, oh. too much. Too yeah, no, much me and centipedes don't Needs get a little along. bit more scent. <laughs> All right, I don't have oh, anything man. else to talk about. Do you? Me neither. Well, no, shit. I, I actually did my entire list, so I'm good. Awesome. Say good night, Michelle. Oh, good night, Michelle. For more horror content, visit wewatchshutter.com, where you'll find our world famous patent pending ghoul blog and squelch files, as well as a schedule of upcoming episodes. Find us on social media at We Watch Shutter on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I guess Twitter if you're still doing that for whatever reason. You can email us. Mail at WeWatchShutter.com is the address. Mail at WeWatchShutter.com. You can even call and leave us a voicemail. 701-566-9510. No, really. 701-566-9510. Give it a shot. See what happens. We Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media.